Welcome to Smart Route, the podcast by Call Tracking Metrics, where you'll hear stories from businesses at the intersection of marketing, customer experience, and sales. We're sitting down with business leaders and industry experts to dive deep into the path they took to find success. Here's your host, Courtney Tyson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smart Route. I'm your host, Courtney Tyson. Joining us from just outside Minneapolis is Aaron Weike, co-founder and CEO of Leadferno, a text messaging platform for businesses to close more leads faster. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, glad and excited to be here. I'm excited to, to talk to you as well. I've been looking forward to meeting you. So I, I want to share a little bit more about you with our audience and why we're so excited to have you as our guest. Um, you know, one of our goals behind Smart Route is to not only highlight and discuss specific topics, but also people and, and their journeys to success. You know, learning more about others' accomplishments and failures, I think, really helps us to learn and grow both personally and, and professionally. Um, so with that said, Aaron, your career journey is extremely impressive and uh, really looking forward to talking to you today about your, your exciting road to success. Aaron is an entrepreneur who has both founded and led multiple companies and digital marketing agencies. Prior to lead Ferno, he was CEO of Gather Up, leading it to an acquisition in 2019. He helped found the Min Search Association, is a faculty partner at local university. He's Google Analytics certified and speaks internationally on digital marketing, customer experience, conversion, and mobile. Um, how did I do? Did I leave anything important out, Aaron? Not a, not at all. I don't know if there's anything all that important about me anyway. <laughs> um, but no, you, you definitely uh, uh, hit hit on the on the highlights and what I'm up to lately for sure. Great, great. Well, I'm excited to learn more about you know what you're doing now and what kind of brought you to where you're at now with Lee Deferno. It's definitely difficult to capture your, your whole journey in an episode intro, but uh, walk us through maybe the last five, 10 years uh, leading up to Lee Deferno. Yeah, it's, it's something, right? When you look back and now, you know, my history in this uh, industry is well past 20 years. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of it that you might as well just throw out at this point because it's so ancient and you just continue to add to it every year. Um, but yeah, uh, let's just easily say that uh, a long time ago, I got interested in building a web page in the late 90s. That was my entrance into the world of digital marketing and web development and things like that. And kind of stair-step approach in a number of different uh, small agencies and, and growing things like that. Uh, and that led me to being part of the, the largest uh, agency that I uh, helped grow. It was called Spider Trap in Minneapolis. Um, when I joined on as a partner, it was you know roughly about five, six people. Um, and then about five and a half, six years later, uh, when I left Spider Trap, we were right around uh, 50 for a headcount. Um, in the you know multiple millions of dollars in revenue, and we were building websites, uh, apps, and then search and social campaigns uh, for a, a pretty broad roster of clients. Uh, lucky enough to be located in the Twin Cities and have a really great corporate roster. So getting to work with companies like uh, United Health Group, um, Targets, the Best Buys, uh, things like that in that area, um, and. 
after, after uh, doing that and being in the agency game roughly for 15 plus years, that kind of led me to seek a like, you know, well, what else is out there? What am I drawn to? Uh, and that's when I pivoted and uh, came on as um, a, a partner in running sales and marketing for a company that became known as GatherUp, which was a SaaS platform uh, that helps businesses be able to listen to their customers through customer feedback, net promoter score, and online reviews. And over the course of five years at, at GatherUp, uh, I eventually moved into the CEO position there, um, grew the business to serve roughly about 25,000 businesses globally, and led GatherUp to an acquisition to end 2019. Um, from there, I stayed on with the company that uh, acquired us. I had, um, you know, just wanted to see uh, how things were like on the other side. Our acquirer had also purchased six other SaaS companies. So I wanted to see how other companies were, were operated, uh, see what I was doing right, learn some new things, uh, you know, get validation, see what I was doing wrong, uh, all of those types of things. And definitely became apparent uh, to me midway through 2020 that um, there, I, I definitely had a, a burning desire to do something new and launch something new. And that led us to kind of where we are today in the the start and the building of Leadferno. Great. I'm excited to learn more about Leadferno um, as we chat, but um, it seems that, you know, you've always been kind of evolving and, and changing when it comes to the, the roles that you're in and the, the companies that you're working for. And then also just staying on top of like technology and trends and that all kind of collectively has really helped you to, to be successful. Yeah. And I think that's what's really drawn me to the industry. Um, I have a, a funny little saying that I share with people all the time on, especially someone where my mind's kind of like always going and, and never stopping and whatever else is. I just easily phrase it up as I go to bed smart and I wake up stupid. And <laughs> that's because, you know, the, the industry evolves so much and there's just always so much to learn inside mm -hmm. of it. I mean, uh, no, no matter what, I very rarely have felt moments in time where I'm like, oh, I'm in this great safe space of some mastery and experience and and whatever else, because either the, the industry is changing or I end up kind of changing my positioning on uh, what I'm doing and what the, what the next challenge is with it. But sure. ultimately, I'm easily able to see that it's the, the attraction to that that's led me to like keep coming back to the table day after day on this for mm -hmm. a very long time. Yeah. It's interesting. Marketing definitely, like it's always changing. You're right. I mean, even with my experiences here working at call tracking metrics, remember when I first came on about three years ago, call tracking was such like still a new concept kind of. Um, and now it's just, okay, everyone has it embedded in their strategy. So um, I totally get what you're saying with that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, the types of companies you're supporting now. So throughout your journey, it seems, you know, you've been, you've largely spent a lot of time giving businesses the tools to impact their own customers' journeys. And you've had experiences working with big companies and, and small companies. Um, but what drives you to keep supporting the small business space? Well, I grew up in a small business entrepreneur household. My dad owned a small market AM radio station. My mom owned a uh, custom framing and art gallery. And so I always like to say the dinner table when I was a kid was like this mini board meeting every single night. My mom just had a couple employees. My dad had 15 to 20 probably uh, at its at its peak. And 
so inside of that, like I was just kind of always hearing these things and I was always around how they were operating and, and really living their businesses. Like a, a small business um, owner or entrepreneur is someone that it's, it's not very nine to five. It's just like part of everything you're doing. Uh, the friends you're around might also be business owners and clients and things like that. So I feel like I had this immersion to it that as I like grew and worked to find my interests, like I really gravitated towards that. And what I really like uh, about small businesses outside of like that passion piece is they need the same tools as big businesses. They just need them to work more, uh, you know, in a more simple way or be easier uh, to engage with. Or as I've found, especially in like being able to uh, speak at conferences and events and things like that, they need it brought to them on a level that they can understand because they're not wired into it all the time. Mm -hmm. So no matter what I've done, I've always worked across the, the gamut and I enjoy the challenges of working you know, like uh, at GatherUp, our largest customer was Allstate. And I enjoyed the challenges of working inside of such a large organization with 10,000 locations in the United States uh, and all the complexities that that brought. But I got just as much satisfaction out of helping an auto glass installer in the hometown that I grew up in and helping them be able to listen to their customers and get more reviews on Google and, and things like that. So mm -hmm. this really always had a soft place in my heart. And I also feel like small businesses often end up underserved because of where many products and things in the market gravitate to, you know, where, where the money is and where the excitement is and, and, and things like that. But de definitely a, a spot in mind where no matter what I create, yes, I want it to work for enterprise, but I also want it to be super approachable for that small business owner that really wants to do great things and how they engage or serve their customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in, in that long tail. That's for sure. Yep. Um, and, and, and it's interesting what you said in terms of your, your family being very entrepreneurial. That resonates with what our co-founders had said on our, our first episode where we um, explored their, their journey. Um, so it's interesting to, to hear that. It's kind of that having that family experience, too, that allowed you to kind of want to dive into being an entrepreneur yourself. So. Well, it's it's really fun when you get to this point where you can look back at it and you realize at the time I had no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and so, but it's like you get far enough away and you just you really start understanding like how all those dots connected without you really paying attention to it. So mm -hmm. um it's it's just pretty cool how all that stuff can kind of take shape and influence you. It'll be interesting when we're uh chatting in the future and uh talking about your kids and where they wound up, right? They uh, decided to go down the entrepreneur path as well. Yeah, I, I can tell you they are much uh, brighter um, and talented than I am. So I, I can only hope they will just run laps around their dad someday. <laughs> I bet they will. <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, move, you know, your, your newest venture, Leadferno. Um, how did you know it was time to kind of dive in? Um, and what makes you excited about launching Leadferno? Yeah, it, it was definitely hard leaving behind a, a product and team that I had built and loved, um, but had, had ran the race with. That's what's really interesting when you go from a startup to gaining maturity and, and then you have an exit. Like that exit actually is kind of a, a, a finish line. And in being an entrepreneur, I knew, you know, there'd be another race uh, that I wanted to run. The, the hard thing was like, 
I, I really loved what Gather Up was about. Like it, that was a, a part of me. When, the biggest reason that I left agencies and, and went to Gather Up is at agencies, I was kind of tired of chasing tactics all the time. And all right, how do we react to this change in Google's algorithm? Um, you know, just a, a number of nuances like that, where when I looked at Gather Up, I was like, okay, the core that this is about is, do you have the right tools to understand how your customer feels about you? And I just thought that was such a great thing to anchor to and then to build features and tactics around. Mm -hmm. So it was really difficult in like getting and, and seeing and then coming into a larger org once we were sold into that was like some of the things that I like to do and are beneficial to me as a leader, those opportunities aren't there anymore because um, I'm not running the entire show of all these uh, products that this company has has acquired. Um, but then it was just starting to like pick up on a on a number of different things from, you know, we had text features in GatherUp that allowed us to reach out to customers via text message to request feedback and to request reviews. Um, from my days of building websites, you know, all the way back, I always felt like I wanted like this all-in-one deployable solution uh, to create contact channels. So it's like when you build a, a small business website, say you're building it in WordPress, you have to go and install a plugin to run forms and what you want to do with that. Um, you know, you have to set up email, you have to, you know, set up just all these different pieces to it. And I really wanted to, you know, I kind of felt like I had this idea on how do you create kind of an all-in-one contact solution um, to allow people to be able to reach out and communicate with that business uh, and back and forth. Um, I'm also just a big uh, proponent in giving the consumer a choice in how they communicate with the business instead of saying, this is the only way to work with us is to fill out this free estimate form or to fill out this contact form. I just feel like that's really limiting. And then lastly, as I just looked at the evolution of digital communication, I just felt like, um, and we really saw this take off, uh, I think last year is like messaging tools, especially text messaging has just become where most of us operate in our personal lives. And we really saw it kind of cross over into more business communication out of necessity during during the the heart of the pandemic. So it's kind of that combination of things that led me to like uh, creating Leadferno that really is meant to unlock business messaging as a way for businesses and, and consumers to communicate with each other to make that communication easier, faster, and more productive for both sides. That's exciting. And I know the data around text text message engagement is just remarkable. It seems that everyone responds really well to text messages and rarely a text goes unopened. And I think a lot of businesses are out there trying to still figure it out. Um, <clears throat> I personally really appreciate text messages from businesses, whether it's like a coupon or appointment confirmation or a reminder. I just feel like that, that content is always very valuable. It's always something I need. Um, so it's exciting that you're kind of creating this, this platform to, I guess, make things easier, right? In terms of figuring out how to facilitate that, that communication. Absolutely. The, again, in, in building off um, things that I learned, GatherUp really taught me that like customer experience is the ultimate differentiator for businesses, especially in today's day and age where like pricing, delivery, so many of these other options have just like shrunk to, it, it's so difficult to create a moat or to create uh, a differentiator in, in how you do these things. And we see this at the mass scale for how does a small retailer survive when Amazon can just drop it off cheaper on, on someone's doorstep. Mm -hmm. So when you have those things and in looking at that customer experience is like communication is at the heart 
of a great customer experience. So I looked at it like when you can start off the conversation with great customer experience, because you make it really easy for that customer to contact you. Um, and then as opposed to like live chat, now you're not stuck waiting in a browser or at a window for them to get back to you. And if they're not on, then they get back to you an email back in a channel that you don't check as many times a day, um, where we're just so influenced in our personal lives into interacting with that messaging app on our phone uh, that it really just makes it easy and the most like fluid asynchronous conversation uh, that we can have back and forth between business and consumer. So when I looked at that, I was like, I, I just really want to highlight that. And I feel like it makes a consumer's life easier. It makes them more likely to contact a business because they're like, I can just send a quick text message with the questions I have or to get the conversation started. And that's a minimal investment to me. And when the business responds, I'm going to have you know, an alert in my messages, which I'm on all day long talking to friends and family and coworkers anyway. So it just really became this, you know, low barrier to entry, a place where everybody already knows how to communicate uh, and operate. And kind of that last piece is like helping the business understand how they can unlock it and make it easy for them uh, is really what's missing in this case. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think to you talked a lot about, you know, customer experience. So I want to hear more about, you know, your, your marketing toolkit before launch, you know, what kind of what, what kind of went into that? What, what were your must haves? I think that's kind of a, a good segue. Yeah. And of course that's, that's always uh, evolving. I definitely have some um, staples that probably no matter if I was starting uh a pizza place in town or starting a, a software company, I'd probably use uh, some of these same tools uh, and some of the ones that have just been really dependable for me over a long period of time. Uh, first one to talk about is, you know, just Google trends, right? What an easy way to start your keyword research, understand how people might be thinking about your possible solution, how they're referring to it, what they're typing into that search box uh, one way versus a, another. Um, so I, I always think Google Trends is a great way to like take this uh, take this temperature uh, of things in a, in a very broad base. Um, after that, Ahrefs, this allows you to start doing a, a deeper dive in some of the keyword research elements as you, you know, build your website, which is obviously a, an absolute uh, must on there. How's the website uh, performing? What's missing? What does it, its health look like based on you know, baseline SEO technical needs that are there? Uh, email marketing, you know, even though you know, part of my uh, theory with Leadferno is that like business messaging is the speed that you need to communicate at, and email is, is edging itself closer and closer to the US Postal Service uh, mm -hmm. and isn't going to live up to either side's expectations. Um, email marketing is still an incredible push channel to be able to get in front of your customers. So I've been a customer, a campaign monitor through like all of my stops at multiple agencies. Um, and I've just always uh, respected their platform, even though there's a ton of choices in the email marketing space. Campaign monitor is always a go to. Uh, I'm a big social guy. So uh, Twitter, especially LinkedIn, which I call slow Twitter, um, you know, those are two great areas to to access and to be available for people and, and, and to interact. Um, and then lastly, just looking at like, you know, part of what I'm solving, ease of commu communication. Um, I really think for a business like 
you need to be employing something like Leadferno or like a live chat, um, but you need to make yourself a little bit more available than just a dead-ended contact form that they have no idea where it's going or where it, when it will be responded to or uh, anything else like that. So I'd really look into something that, you know, I use the, the word real-time loosely, but something that's a little bit more conversational um, mm -hmm. than just filling out a form. A very structured answer. So you kind of talk, you talked more about you know you talked about keyword research and Google Trends, keeping on top of those things, website metrics, email marketing, um, social communication, and ease of communication in general. Um, one interesting thing I think you said was you know business messaging is the speed at which you need to communicate, right? Um, which leads me to ask you know what are some of your predictions for text messaging and, and customer communication over the next few years? I, I really see the space evolving. Um, I'm biased. I'm betting on it. Um, <laughs> but what I find uh, really interesting with it is I feel like when we see a number out in the wild, whether it's a billboard, a business card, um, a sign, anything else, your automatic assumption is that I can text that number as well, that it's not just a voice number um, when that number is displayed, that I, the consumer, will have a choice how I want to interact with that. That number is just the landing spot, um, and I can approach that number via text uh, or, or via phone. And I think instead of now like a nice to have, or especially for small businesses, it's a surprise when somebody's like, Oh, I can text that business. Like I can text my dry cleaner to ask if my order is done. Like that's amazing. Um, or I can get a reminder or an alert that my dry cleaning's done. That's amazing. Like that's a, a differentiator. Now I think it will be a, an expectation as we slide out, you know, in that three to five year range. And then the next piece after that is like SMS is still like a V1 tool. Um, and we've seen the evolution, right? Apple has iMessage for iPhones. Google and Android has uh, their RCS, their rich communication services. And I, I think once one of them gives way or we end up with one that's kind of a, you know, text messaging V2 um, where they're interacting with each other. Because right now, if you're communicating from an Android phone to an iPhone, it's using SMS as the fallback all the way back to this V1 when they both have very robust services to communicate Android to Android and iPhone to iPhone. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that I look at that, uh, and, and, you know, who knows, getting uh, a couple of the biggest players in the world to play nice with each other, what's that going to look like? But I, I just think there's a ton of greenfield um, for the lowest level of service to be raised quite high. And we already see this on, on the network side, right? We see as we approach 5Gs and, you know, how, how fast is it till we get to the 10G network? It's just like all of those things are increasing. So I just think there's this endless greenfield for what we're going to be able to do in our messaging app besides just type letters and numbers, photos and videos. I just think that evolution is going to go so much further. Yeah, and I think a, a really great best practices for businesses now, if you are advertising a phone number, I mean, and, and, and you, you know, can receive text messages on that phone number, like use that, right, in, in your, your advertising, because you don't want to miss out on a lead just because they didn't realize that they couldn't text that number. Um, I think something we constantly talk about at CTM is just the importance of omni-channel communication because everyone prefers to communicate differently. Um, and text messaging is just, it's just such a huge, huge piece of that puzzle because those engagement rates are so high. I mean, it's just an absolute fantastic channel to, to communicate with your leads, convert them. Um, 
So we're really excited to see, you know, how, how everything goes for you at, at Lead Ferno. And we're excited to learn more as you progress as well. Awesome. I will take uh, anyone cheering for me or wanting to pay attention that I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's a good and a good segue. You know, before we go, um, I know you have your own podcast, so I'd love for you to tell us more about that. But you know, if there's anything else that you'd like to plug, um, you know, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I got into podcasting a couple of years ago now after, again, like doing tactical presentations 99% of the time at marketing conferences, digital marketing conferences, everything else. Like I had this longing to talk about something else besides SEO rankings and local search rankings and reviews and, and things like that. So uh, I partnered up with a friend of mine, Darren Shaw, who runs a, a local search software company. And we just basically talk about running our companies. What are the challenges, what we're paying attention to. So uh, it might appeal to someone who's an entrepreneur, definitely those that are in uh, the space of software as a service. So the podcast is called The SaaS Venture. It's basically allows both of us to lay out on the Davenport and kind of talk out loud about what we're going through, decisions we're making, challenges, uh, and, and things like that. So uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. I've loved getting to talk more business and less uh, tactical things. So it's been a great outlet for me that way. Great. Yeah. I would love to, you know, tell our listeners if you want to learn more or dive in more um, to Aaron's journey and talk specifics, definitely check out his podcast. Again, it's entitled The SaaS Venture. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go? Yeah. So we're just Coming up close in the, you know, right around the end of June is when we're officially launching with Leadferno. We've had a uh, pilot, we have dozens of pilot customers that are seeing great results uh, and utilizing our platform. So if you want to visit leadferno.com, you can either sign up for early updates, you can sign up for early access, or just pay attention when Leadferno launches. And we hope you'll consider us when wanting to take advantage of business messaging and very specifically uh, two-way text messaging to, to interact with, delight, uh, and close more leads faster. Fantastic. Well, good luck with you. I'm excited to follow along on, on that journey as you go as well. I appreciate it, Courtney, and thanks for having me on today. Thank you, Aaron. It's definitely been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your day too, to, to share with us more about your journey to success. Um, you know, I think definitely one, one professional's hindsight can be another's foresight, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, My pleasure. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners too, for tuning into Smart Route. Be sure to follow us on Twitter to join the conversation at Smart Route Pod. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smart Route Podcast. Share your favorite takeaways with us on Twitter at Smart Route Pod. Smart Route is brought to you by Call Tracking Metrics, and you can find more at calltrackingmetrics.com forward slash podcast. Follow along for ideas and conversations that will inspire your own business path forward. Speaking of smart paths, are your marketing, sales, and service teams on the same page? In today's remote world, it's easy to get disconnected. Call Tracking Metrics can help. We empower smart marketing teams to determine the best route for campaigns by showing exactly which ad campaigns are driving conversations that convert. Operational teams can use that data to automate call flows and power contact center success. Visit calltrackingmetrics.com to see why more than 100,000 customers around the globe trust Call Tracking Metrics to manage communications for their marketing, sales, and service teams.